um, in the atmosphere. I know that the Spirit of God is all around all the time. But there are moments when His presence, and we've shared this many a time here at Mount Clear, that it just seems, and for many of us, becomes more tangible. And I just want, I just want these notes, these strings, this music to minister to your heart just for a moment. Because where he is, there's peace. regardless of life I don't know about any of you but often for me um, life can seem like a roller coaster you know of just some ups and downs and sometimes the ups are really cool and sometimes the downs are a little bit bigger than what we expected but it's just ups and downs we have some good days and bad days some good moments some average moments yeah yet our God is steadfast he's steady he's constant he's consistent he's our foundation regardless of that yeah in the middle of our good times our foundation is so rock steady and secure but i was just reminded in worship today that even when we have those moments you know could be inspired by our children those young and those grown up it could be inspired by our partners who don't understand us well there's conflict of some type regardless his foundation is so secure and i often just when god gives me a word or a thought i get a picture it's not a great painting (laughs) But it's almost like I can see myself and, and I want to share this with you because it's for all of us standing on a, on a rock, but not a rock that can crack or can break or can be chipped away, like it's just solid, you know, it's just solid. It's not going anywhere, it's, it's not wobbling, it's not anything, it's just solid. I can stand on that, on that rock with all of my emotion with every feeling that I've had for the week and that rock hasn't moved, it hasn't changed because he's just always there. And I don't know who it's for, but someone in this house today needs to know that God's there for you. Someone in this house right now just needs to know that regardless of what you've experienced or what you've gone through, God is there for you, never changing. Yeah? The same yesterday, today, and forever. God needs you to know that. There's some security that he wants to bring to your heart because there's been insecurity. So Holy Spirit, you know who. (laughs) Bring the word directly to the heart of the person that needs it. Wash away any negative thoughts that are fighting against it. Lord, and allow them to grab hold of it and embrace it and declare it and to claim it for their lives. That there'll be a shift in their thinking even right now. There'll be a change from the moment that they walk out the doors that it will be evident in their vocabulary, Father, as they speak. It will be noticeable in their action as they live life. Because they've just realized that they're standing on the rock-steady God, yeah? Amen? Amen. Thank you, young Ben. Awesome, 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 awesome. Hello, 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 hello. Can you believe Easter was last week? Like it's, wow. I don't know if you've noticed, hot cross buns have disappeared. They're just gone. 
I didn't even get to have one. I didn't have a hot cross bun this Easter at all. My kids did. Samuel and Nathan went to the IGA to buy some one day with their friends who were having a sleepover and they came back with fruitless buns. What is that? It's like a car with no petrol. I can only just survive with chocolate hot cross buns. Only just, but fruitless buns. That's from the enemy. The hot cross bun was inspired by God. (laughs) It's just overplayed now, but seriously, you know. Most of the good ideas that we experience in life and the good things we experience in life, the Bible says that all good things come from God. All good things, not some good things. Yeah, He brings the rain down on the, on, on the just and the unjust. All good things come from God. So someone out there might be unchurched, unsaved. They might think they're having a great idea, but I guarantee you it's only a great idea because it's come from God because it's a good thing. And then all of his creation gets to enjoy it. Yeah? Hot cost runs happen to be one of those things, for me anyway. <laughs> ah, time to breathe. Anyone else feel like that? You're just at that part of the year where you have to breathe? Is it, or, you know, or everyone else has come back from holidays, you're relaxed, you're chilled, you're quite happy to jump straight into Christmas? <laughs> like, I just think it's time to breathe, you know? So Breathe. Actually, let's, do, let's, let's have a breathing exercise. Close your eyes. Seriously, close your eyes. Don't worry about your wallets and purses. No one's going to take them, yeah? I know this is going to really shake some of your theology. We're closing our eyes in church. But close your eyes. And just on the count of three, I just want you to breathe deep. But as you do that, I just want you to, to, to believe within yourself that you're just taking in more of your Heavenly Father, yeah? So just on the count of three. One, two, three. Let's breathe in. Amen. And let's let it out. He's a good God. Father, in this moment, I pray that you would have your way. Lord, with all the words spoken, Lord, I pray that you make sense of them all. That those of us that are in, in the hearing of them would come away with something, Lord, that will challenge us and change us and rearrange us. In fact, God will hear something that uh, will leave us never to be the same again. So Holy Spirit... Do what you have to do. You can shake us. You can wow us. You can freak us out (laughs) because you're God. Do whatever you like, Lord God. We give you the right of way. This is your house. We are your people. We are your instruments. So, everybody said? Amen. We have a really simple theology here at church that if God decides he wants to do something that's going to freak us out, that's okay. Whatever it might be, you know, someone walking out of a wheelchair, an arm growing back, like bones just correcting themselves, still plates disappearing from inside our bodies. If God wants to freak us out, that's totally okay, yeah? And I think we should come with a heart that's expectant that God's going to freak us out because it's God. <laughs> it's God. God, the creator of everything. Like he's just huge. He's, he's, you can't contain him. There's no way to describe him. There aren't enough words for us to be able to even give somebody else an indication of what he's like. Just when we think we've got it, there's more. So I'm quite happy for God to blow all pictures that we have out of the water, yeah? To make our last thought look like such a measly thought. Wow, is that what I really thought? I'd really expected so much more, you know? And all of a sudden you have this grand picture of our grand God. So God... If you need to freak us out today, you can do that. Ah, Where do I start? Our friendship group has been having some great discussions of late. Just some really good discussions. Um, All sorts of stuff. The sort of discussions that you have that that cause you to really think deep about your faith. To really go in deep. Why do I believe what I believe? You know, is there a reason for it? Is is it a blanket belief? It, It gets down into your into your core, you know, you, you start to check your convictions, you know, in relation to your faith and your belief in the Messiah and your belief in Jesus. And, and we've been coming away challenged often with that type of stuff, which is brilliant. It's, it's good to have those discussions, you know,
because there are some things that uh, are hard to understand because we're trying to understand the mind of God, yeah? And so we have a way of thinking that's not his way of thinking. We think this, this is just, but he thinks this is just, yeah? And so it's really simple for some of us to say, well, who are we, man, you know, to question God, the high and lofty one, the lifted up one. But there are sometimes we have to question so that we can walk stuff out in our faith. And then we come to an understanding of what he's like. He doesn't come to an understanding of what we're like. He already knows what we're like, yeah? He already knows our ups and downs. He knows our good things, our bad things. He knows. But it's us getting to know him, yeah? So we've been having those sorts of discussions. Um, and, and I should throw in there that, and this is for free, because this is also the heart of our church. If you're not in a friendship group, can I encourage you to get into one? Yeah? Just, I'm just going to put it out there. If you're not in one, get in one. Yeah, just get in one. If there's not one that works for you on a day, start one. But be smart enough to get around and build some relationships so when you start one, people may actually want to come. You know, Common sense is required too. <laughs> because there's no reason in Mount Clear Church of Christ that anyone should ever utter these words, I feel disconnected. Because some of it's choice. If you feel disconnected, yet you're not attending a friendship group, my first piece of counsel would be is, are you in a friendship group? Oh, you're not. Oh, you feel disconnected. I go to a friendship group. I don't feel disconnected. Am I, am I putting... I know it sounds hard and harsh, but our choices, not chances, determine our destiny, yeah? And so if we want to be a family, we spend time with family. I make a choice to visit my mum on times that I don't want to go and visit my mum, yeah? Maybe none of you are like that. You probably love your family, your parents and your kids, and you all hang out together. But there are some times where catching up with families, for me, it's like, okay, let's get this over and done with. And then you breathe at the end of it. Now, church families shouldn't be like that, but sometimes we have to make a choice to push ourselves to get there. Is that okay? And wrestle with that. Come and see me if you like. I won't change my mind. I'll say, are you in a friendship group? Yeah? Because it's really important that you get into one, I think. It's a priority. Anyway, let's move on from there. One of the discussions that we were talking about, it came up as part of a discussion, actually in our friendship group, but it, it went away and Mel and I have been having a chat about it. And so this is what I want to encourage us in today. So this, today is not about what we don't have, what we don't do, but it's to encourage us about what we can, what's possible, yeah? Everything about our Christian life is about what's possible. Yeah? It's not about here's the five points to the best marriage, it's the best marriage is possible, if we trust in him. The five points, I can send you to a marriage counsel that's trained in that, and I can give you some really good five points. But unless God's there at the, at the top, then it, they're going to be worthless anyway. Yeah? Because I think everything is bound together by him. So here's the thought, that you and I, we can do all the God stuff. Everything that we read about in the Bible, everything that we hear across the globe that's happening in developing nations, Everything that's happening at that church or this church by that person and that person, you and I, all of us, can do it. All of us. All of us. So here's what I want you to do. Just pick to the person on that side, look at the person on that side, and say, hey, you know what? You can do the God stuff. And everyone knows what's coming. So the person on the other side, you need to say, you need to work. One of the things that we were sharing at our group was, and, and, and this could be me, often I'm just speaking from my own experience, so I, I hope from time to time that it actually gels or hits the mark with some people because it's, it's my experience. So I can only te teach and help and you know, help you grow in areas that I'm growing in, yeah, and God's taking me through. But growing up in church, I don't think this was ever said, but it was just assumed. But, and let's see if you can relate to this. If you wanted prayer... You looked for the leaders, you looked for the pastor, you looked for the elder, you know. Now, that just might have been my upbringing in church. It was never uttered, was never said, but it was just assumed, yeah. That if, if you wanted prayer or something like that, you'd go, 
you'd go to the person that was in that role. If you wanted breakthrough, you'd go to the person that was wearing the jumper that said breakthrough person. You know, you'd look for them because they're the ones that are going to break, give you the breakthrough. Yeah? What about this? Guest speakers. Yeah, this is the best one. I love this one. Yeah? Because this is me down to, down to a T. A guest speaker comes and there's ministry time. So you're coming up the front, especially, right, for that guest speaker to pray for you, yeah? And so, excuse my back for a moment, you're in the line and you're just waiting and you can see them coming and you're, you're waiting for this person to come and pray for you because what they shared or the anointing that's on their life, you want that touch, yeah? And they come to you and for whatever reason, it's normally a God reason, but for whatever reason, they look at you and they just walk past to the next person, Anyone ever had that happen? Come on. Yeah? What do you think on the inside? It's like you've got to be joking. Yeah? And then, and then, and then, just when you're in the midst of your anger, you know, like how dare he, some pleb from the church, like the pastor or someone, you know, comes up to pray for you and you're like, but I don't want you to pray for me. I wanted them. Yeah, ripped off. Yeah, that's the word. Yeah, now we've come on, we've all felt like that, haven't we? Yeah, that was the case in the church that I, I grew up in. Like, you'd go up for prayer, and you wanted at this particular church the way it was run, you wanted the senior leader, the grand poobah, to pray for you. And if he didn't pray for you, you were spewing because you felt ripped off. It just seemed like when he prayed, stuff happened. And when anybody else prayed, it didn't happen, you know? Or you, you, you've got a guest speaker that's got a prophetic gift, and so you, you're just desiring a, a word of knowledge or, or a, a prophecy that will speak into your life. And when they get to you, they don't have one for you. Well, it's not their fault. If God doesn't give them one, God doesn't give them one. But you don't look at it that way. You just feel ripped off because you heard the word for the person next to you. You heard the word for the person on the other side, and they were just awesome. And you're there thinking, that was for me. But no one's ever had that, have they? Yeah? They just feel like, hey, sometimes you come away feeling a little bit ripped off. But only because somewhere deep in our subconscious, where we have this belief that it's only the frozen chosen, as I call it. You know? It's only those that are up there. Those that sit on the green seats up the front of church. It's only them. The truth is, all of us in this room, each and every one of us, is qualified to pray yeah, for each other. We're qualified to heal, pray for healing. We're qualified to pray, bring a prophetic word. Yeah? We're qualified to receive and give a word of knowledge. We're qualified. You don't need special training. Yes, there's prayer schools and yes, there's prophetic schools and you can do all of that, but all of that is just to help you understand that it's all possible, yeah? It doesn't qualify you, it's to help you understand that it's for you, yeah? All of us in here are capable of that, all of us. All of us are qualified because it's him, it's God the Father, it's, it's Daddy, it's, it's Papa. It's only because of him that we can do what many of us think we can't do. Does that make any sense? Yeah? So Ephesians 2.20, we really should put some scripture to it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us, yeah? Created us anew in Christ Jesus. It doesn't say he created everyone but you anew. Yeah? It doesn't say he created only the pastors, elders, bishops, priests, popes, etc. It doesn't say that. It says he's created us. That's all of us anew in Christ Jesus so they can do the good things. Is that what your translation reads? So they can do the good things? No, it says so we can, yeah? So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So we're his workmanship. That's you and that's me. That's each and every one of us. None of us are disqualified. You've got to understand this. None of us are disqualified, and I'll talk about that later, because some of us have a perception that some people, they can't possibly be operating in that manner because their life's not ready for it yet. None of us are disqualified from this or for this. 
He made us, all of us, to do good things that he's already planned. There's a reason that I want to emphasize and encourage us in this today, yeah? See, it's important that we get this. See, when churches don't embrace this truth, when we, when we as people don't live out this reality, the body yeah, begins to die. The body begins to die. But when we walk and talk as he's destined us to, then lives are built up, lives are encouraged. Yeah? The kingdom of God flourishes. The kingdom of God advances. Because all of a sudden, we've grabbed hold of the truth and we're walking as his hands and his feet extended. All of us. Not some of us. Not part-time. Yeah? And that extends outside of this building. Yeah, So I've got a video. It runs for eight minutes. And I have to show the whole thing. One, because it's funny. But two, because right at the end, there's a point that's made that, that, that is made that I want to leave with you. So even after I finish speaking today, if you remember nothing, remember the last point that's made. Is that okay? So if we could play this, that'd be awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you. It was embarrassing, actually. Um, Excuse me. This was quite a few years ago. Before we had this wing, the Emerald Johnson wing over here with the Hebrews Coffee Shop and Bookstore, before we had the prayer house, we'd have our, our Friday night meetings, Sunday night meetings, Back in the dining room, which is right behind the stage, we'd have our pre-service prayer meetings. And uh, I remember going one Friday night. Uh, I went about 15 or 20 minutes early, and I'm walking around the prayer room and just praying uh, pre-service prayer for the pre-service prayer. Pre-pre-pre. And a roadrunner came right up to the, there's a glass wall of windows and doors, and a roadrunner comes right up to the window. Now... You know, maybe you've seen Roadrunners all your life. I've lived in Reading f since 1968. I've never seen or heard of one in my life around here. And here's a Roadrunner comes right up to the window, and he's dancing, trying to get in, into the window. He's hitting the glass and going back. He's got this huge lizard in his mouth. And I'm, I'm like three feet away from it going, this is too weird to not be prophetic. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. I thought, this, this is too weird to not be prophetic. God, what are you saying to me? Expecting him to speak something to me. Nothing. So, uh, well, it is weird anyway. So I walked around and prayed. Finally, he took off. And a little, a little bit later, uh, Don came in from our school. And Don Mayer, and, and uh, he came in and he was in there with me. And we were walking around. And the roadrunner came back. And, and Don goes, oh, he's back. And I said, what do you mean back? He says, yeah, he was here last Friday night. I went, you're kidding. Roadrunner? He comes to prayer meetings? <laughs> and sure enough, I could hardly wait till the next week. The third week, he's back again. And he would only come to prayer meetings. He wouldn't come to hear us preach or anything. He would, but he'd come to prayer meetings. And he'd come to that room back there. And he'd almost always have this big lizard in his mouth. And he would dance at the window trying to get in. And uh, finally, Banning came to me once. They started having their youth uh, uh, Wednesday night pre-service prayer meeting in that room, and the roadrunner joined them for the prayer meeting. So he didn't mind if his old people or young people praying. He just wanted to come when they were praying. So, so I'm, I'm calling all these prophets that we know, and I'm talking to the intercessors, and I'm basically telling them, you know, really don't spread this around. We're already looked at kind of weird for what's happening around here. <laughs> I really don't want anyone to know we, we got a thing going on with a roadrunner. But... <clears throat> If you hear anything from the Lord, you know, help us out, that kind of a deal. And so I'm talking to these prophets and intercessors, and, and it was just, it was this ongoing, ongoing thing. It was really strange. In fact, when we started building the prayer house, this went on for months, only come to prayer meetings. In fact, I was in there on a Sunday morning, and I was teaching a class on signs and wonders. And there came one particular morning, and we used to have one service. Actually, we had two, and then we reduced it to one because we had the room. And then we went back to two. Sorry, my humor is not coming across very well. <laughs> but before the service, we had classes. And so I was teaching class on signs and wonders. And I happened to be up that Sunday morning. I started talking about signs that make you wonder, unusual experiences. Right on cue, the roadrunner shows up. <laughs> and I did, my back is to the wall of windows. And the guy sitting in the front row goes, you mean him? And I turned around and went, 
Yeah, yeah, the Roadrunner. So he's standing at the door. He's got his, you know, his lizard. And one time he chased off some blackbirds and got a big worm. And it was just entertaining to watch what he would do. So when we started building the prayer house, we have, if you've been in the prayer house, uh, please make sure you go in the prayer house, pray. You go in the prayer house, on the far side, there's this huge rock. And if you look at the rock a certain way, it almost looks like an eagle's head. There's an interesting beak, everything. And this Roadrunner would go sit on top of that rock and watch them build the prowls. And then I found out somebody did, we, we had all kinds of people sending, sending uh, research papers on roadrunners. They're related to the eagle. Who would have thought of that? You know why I like them? They hate and eat rattlesnakes. <laughs> Any animal that eats rattlesnakes is my best friend. I mean, they just, they dance in front of the thing till it strikes, they move out of the way, pecking on the back of the head, and they'll walk around for days with a snake just hanging out of its mouth, you know, until they just digest the whole thing. I, I would show you, but you wouldn't want <laughs> So this went on, this went on for months. He'd go over to the prayer house, and he stopped coming to our prayer meetings. He would just hang out over at the prayer house while it was being built. One day, he got into the building, and he was upstairs. How he got upstairs, we don't know. Jason, our janitor at the time, now world-traveling evangelist or prophet, I should say, Jason was up vacuuming cleaning, and the roadrunner's there. And Jason's basically the St. Francis of Assisi at, at that moment in time. And, and uh, so he, the, the roadrunner would go stand in the windowsill and look like he wanted to go out. And Jason would turn on some worship music, sit in the middle of the floor, and that that bird would come perch right in front of him while he just worshiped. I'm not saying the bird cupped his wings. <laughs> I'm not saying he fell back, you know, like that. I'm not, I'm not saying any of that. I'm just, I'm just saying he would just sit right in front of Jason while, they, while he would worship. And then he'd feel bad about not working, so he'd go back to vacuum some more, and then he'd get curious about what would happen. He'd sit back down, turn the stereo back up, and they'd worship, and the bird would come right back again, right in front of him. This went on and on up through, throughout the evening. Finally, he finishes the room. And he, he, he goes down the stairway, because he has other rooms to clean, and the, the roadrunner goes right with him. So they're walking down this wide old hall over here, walking down the hall, and uh, unknown to him, there was somebody in another room, a classroom. And they opened the classroom door behind him, startled the bird, the roadrunner flew to the end of the hall into a plate glass window and died. Yeah, I'm sorry, it just did. It's, it's just, <laughs> I know you're best friends with this thing now, but it, it just died. <laughs> so Jason comes to get me. He's got the bird in the back under a little box. And he, and he says, <laughs> he says, I killed the roadrunner. I said, what happened? And he told me the story. I said, well, where is he? So I figured we go raise him from the dead. So he says, he's back here. So we go back there. And I put my two fingers on his head. <laughs> commanded life. I know you're you're hoping it ends well. He it, it, it just stayed dead. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's, 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 it's weird. It's weird to have something like that in your life for months as a reminder of what God was doing. Come on. For months, and then have it dead. And so I went to my office, I said, God, what? <laughs> What's this all about? Because I'm thinking it'd be a really cool ending to have this thing raised from the dead. I could get a real good prophecy out of that somehow. I could interpret it some way. Nothing. I said, Lord, what's going on? And he spoke so clear to me. He said, what I'm bringing into the house had better have a way of being released from the house or it will die in the house. Yep. Come on. That word I will never forget. Thanks, Lord. All of that for that because you've got to watch it all because I can't get rid of the road runner, road runner Mel's read it in a book and I was telling her I'm going to show this video and I've got to, to watch the last bit just that comment she goes oh that's the road runner story I go have you watched this before she goes no I read it in a book it stays with you yeah that's really important see we all have gifts and abilities within us that if we don't use them if we're not engaging with his people they're going to slowly die, yeah? You won't die, 
with those gifts and abilities will. See, statistics, stats tell us that churches usually die in their third generation. I've shared this here before. Around that, once it hits 120 to 150 years, it's when churches generally start closing their doors. Our church is about 100 and... I think we celebrated 150 years, but legitimately we're about 163. Yeah? See, it's not that the church has become inward-focused. It's not that. It's not that they have too many programs for the body. It's not that. The church starts to die not because it doesn't have a street preaching team. Yeah? That's not why it dies. It's because they've stopped truly living and being all that God has destined us and planned for us to be. Yeah? Not just in here, but out there every day. It's really good for people to know that you're a Christian, but it doesn't actually end there. See, I don't know about you, I don't want to be a statistic. I don't want to be a statistic. And the word for Mount Clear for this year is freedom. So for me, what I want to encourage us in is it's time for us to move, walk and talk in ways that we never have. Yeah? In ways that we never have. So picture what you've never done and that's what God wants you to do. Yeah? You've never prayed for someone out there. That's what he wants you to do. You've never shared your faith with someone that doesn't have faith. That's what he wants you to do. You've never received an encouraging word word of knowledge and shared it with someone. That's what he wants you to do. He wants us to live out what he has destined us to live out. Yeah? Because if it remains in us, if what we, you and I, experience as individuals, what we experience as a church, if we keep it to ourselves like the roadrunner, it's going to slowly die. If we want to build his church, if we want to build a body, if we want to build a community, then we need to find a way to let out and get out what God has brought into our lives, yeah? Each and every one of us. So today I want to say this, and I want to encourage us in this. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And you can. And you can. And you can. Yes, you can. See, you are God's man. You are God's woman. We are God's chosen people. See, we need to breathe this in. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27. Yeah? You're way too quiet. Is it too challenging? Is that what it is? Maybe it's too challenging. That's why we're quiet. Because there should be a few amens here because it's in the Word of God. And I understand if the Word of God's challenging, but you have to amen it. Because the opposite of a yes is a no. Yeah? I'm just putting it out there. So 1 Corinthians 12, 27. All of you together. All of you except for. It doesn't say, does it? All of you that still have jealousy issues. No. All of you together. Yeah, no except for. All of you together are Christ's body. And each of you is a part of it. Yeah. Now catch this. Each of us is a part. That means each of us has a part to play. Yeah? Each of us has a part to play. You could be a part of an engine. That part has a role to play or that engine doesn't work. It doesn't turn over. Ask Dave the mechanic. When one part isn't firing, when one part is broken, the whole thing doesn't work the way it's supposed to work. Yeah. So our father's so smart that he actually has placed us just where he wants us. And I know some of us can sometimes say, life's too tough, you don't know what I've been through, you have no idea, that's not my personality, that's not the home that I grew up in, you have no idea what it's like at work. God has placed us exactly where he wants us, even when it feels like we're in nowhere land, yeah? 1 Corinthians still, but verse 18 of chapter 12 says, but our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it you know the pain that you're going through he didn't destine that pain yeah but he you are exactly where he wants you work that one out you got to love the paradox of christianity he didn't want you to go through that but you are exactly where he wants you to be he's god 
So we're all a part of the body, so we, which means we all have a part to play. And we know that Papa's placed each one of us parts exactly where he wants us. So we are where we're meant to be. Now we just have to be who we're meant to be. Yeah? We just have to be who we're meant to be. Now I want you to know, I want all of us to know, every one of us to know, that you can be the miracle that someone's waiting for. In fact, you are the miracle that they need. You are the miracle that they need. You have the words of life that they need. You have the fullness of the living God inside of you because Jesus lives within you through the Holy Spirit. You have everything you need. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. The Bible says that Jesus only does what he sees the Father doing. The Father places his fullness in his Son, his Son that lives in us, as I just mentioned, through the Holy Spirit. That means we should be doing more of what we see the Father doing. Yeah? More. More. Because if Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing, then I think if he's living inside of us, that sort of says to me that we should be doing more of what he's doing. Yeah? We're going through a study in our friendship group by Randy Clark entitled The Authority to Heal. Brilliant. So good. Whatever friendship group you're in, once we're done, you should grab hold of it. It is brilliant. Uh, if you're not in a friendship group, get into one and encourage them to go through it. He's really good. The teaching is really, really encouraging. Anyway, in a part of it, he shares about the Lord's Prayer. We know the Lord's Prayer. You know, Matthew 6. This then is how you should pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We know the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, etc. Yeah? But he says, in relation to the Lord's Prayer, he says there are six aspects of God's nature. And I want to share it because it's really important. He says, one, as you read the Lord's Prayer, it shows us that he's present and he's with us. It shows us that he's holy and pure. It shows us that he's powerful with all authority. It shows us that he's our provider. It shows us the one who pardons, that he's the one who pardons our transgressions. And it shows us that he protects us from the evil one. That's what the Lord's Prayer shows us. Yeah, Aspects of God's nature. Now, the fullness of God lives inside of us. So that would suggest that those aspects are living inside of us through Jesus. Yeah, He then asks this question. And it's a question we have to ask ourselves over and over and over and over again. And this is when it gets really deep, if you're going to be really honest and really transparent. He asks this question. How do you see God's nature reflected in your life after he brings about these six aspects? That's a really tough question to ask yourself. Because you know there are areas where, well, I'm not reflecting that. I'm sort of reflecting that. Definitely not reflecting that. I'm getting closer on that one. Some of you might be saying, oh, Pastor, I reflect all six. <laughs> That's awesome, amen. Then I'm only speaking to the other five of us. He's alive in us. He's created us to play a part. It's a good part. We're told to imitate Christ. The Bible says that we will do greater things than Jesus did. So it's important that if we don't want the encounters, the words, the knowledge, the prophecy to die within us, We've got to let it out somehow, yeah? Ephesians 4, verse 11 to 13. says, Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people. That would be us, yeah? yeah. To equip God's people to do His work, Yeah? And build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the, in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So these apostles, prophets, evangelists, their roles to equip us, to get us ready, like a coach in a team. Where's Anna? In an AFL football team. It's <laughs> all right, personal joke. To equip us, to get us ready so we can do the work that he talked about the good work that he set for us to do. And if we will do the good work that he set us 
set up for us to do. Yeah? If we'll do that good work, it says really clearly that then we will build up the church, the body of Christ. We, you. Actually, what you should be uttering in yourself at this moment is, that's me. That's me. That's me. He's talking about you. That's me. So I utter the words again, yes, you can. Yes, you can pray. Yes, you can prophesy. Yes, you can lay hands on the sick. Yes, you can get words of knowledge for those around you. You can encourage. You can uplift. You can comfort. Yes, you can. Maybe, just maybe, we need to let some of God's nature, the nature that happens to be inside of us, maybe we need to let it out. Maybe it's time to truly live out some of that Christianity practically, yeah? Not just the theology, yeah? So many of us, maybe, again, I'm going to say, this was me, yeah? We have this inner thought, I had this inner thought that, yes, God can, he can do anything. And he can do anything through anyone. But I just don't think that he's going to do anything through me. I'm not saying that he can't. not saying that he won't. I know that he can. And I know that he'll do it through you. I just don't expect it to happen through me. They're the thought process, processes that I have. They're the thought processes that I have to work through, yeah? Better still, often, particularly in church life, yeah? We look at others and we assume that God won't use them because they're not ready yet, yeah? They're only young Christians. They've just come to faith. Or we make a judgment call on how people live their life. God's not going to use them. They can't do that. They're still drinking. They're still angry. They're still jealous. You have no idea how they're living their life. They're still sleeping around. And so we, all of a sudden, start to make a call on behalf of God that's not even close to how God works. No wonder why we end up in churches thinking that only the pastors and the leaders can do the praying and stuff like that. Because subconsciously we have all these thoughts why we can't or why they can't. But Father God just doesn't, doesn't think like we do. Praise God for that. Amen? He loved us and died for us while we were still sinners. Most of us, don't we do this? Maybe it's just my bad parenting. If you, clean, if you clean up your room, you'll get this. Maybe, maybe, maybe we should have done it differently. Maybe we should have given or done that thing for them even before they did that because it may have inspired them to clean up their room. Because that's how it seems to me how God works, yeah? He will and he wants to use you. Even the person beside you. I know some of you are struggling with the person beside you or behind you or in front of you, but even that person, he wants to use them too. We all have a part to play. You know, Mark 9 from verse 38 says, Teacher, said John, we saw someone driving out demons in your name and we told him to stop because he was not one of us. Really, not one of us. Don't stop him, Jesus said, for no one who does a miracle in my name can in the next moment say anything bad about me, for whoever is not against us is for us. Papa doesn't judge people the way we do. He just doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't make the calls that we make. He looks at the heart. That's why he freely gives the Holy Spirit to people when we won't even give him a spot on the platform. Oh, don't go there, Pastor. There's more to the way we live our life. Yeah, really? There is. You need to be encouraged. You need to stop thinking that you can't. You need to stop thinking that they can't. We need to grab hold of God's heart. I said on Easter Sunday that he does things his way. I love this because in Acts 10, and I'm just about to finish up, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. You need to read all of chapter 10, yeah, just to get a, a gist. But he's, he's speaking to Gentiles, non-Jews, yeah? The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out 
even on Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. Why do I share this passage? Because the truth is that many of us believe that things should be done in a certain way. I can, I can give you lists of churches that will say, to be a member, you need to bang, 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 bang. But it's not how Jesus works. It's not how he thinks. He wants to take you in your brokenness, in your frailty, and he wants you to step out in that, in your weakness, where he'll be strong into that world. Yeah, Not when you got your life right. Because it's a process over time. Because we all get stuff wrong. I often ask my wife, get stuff wrong, yeah? You know, really, they got baptised in the Holy Spirit? You mean they were speaking in the tongues of angels? Does God know how they're living? If God knew how they were living, I'm certain he wouldn't have baptised them, wouldn't have given them the Holy Spirit. If he knew they were still drinking, if he knew how they spoke at work, God wouldn't possibly baptise them with the Holy Spirit. But we make that judgment. Oh, so you're still doing that? Okay. Listen, let's work with you. And eventually, we're going to open up the opportunity for you to serve God. Wow. Imagine if God still thought like that. He would never have sent his son to die on a cross. Most of us would never have received the Holy Spirit. None of us, probably. Yeah? We'd be still praying prayers like, Woe is me, Lord God, worthless worm, sinner that I am. Yeah? I am having a joke and mocking a little bit because the reality is that we're sons and daughters of God. We have a privilege that we're now walking into, that we've stepped into because of what he's done for us, not because of anything that we've done. It's something that he's done for us. It's a free gift. And now he says, hey, you're all part of the body. I have a special part for you to play, to do good works. That's why we're equipping you. It doesn't say that's why you're perfect, because earlier in the chapter, in Ephesians and stuff, it's, it, it talks about in Corinthians that we've been a, given a measure of grace. So he's saying now in your stuff, as you're slowly being skilled up, go out, go do it. You know, be the spark plug that you were meant to be. Go do it. Be the fan belt, whatever it is. You know, I can't think of a better analogy, so live with it at the moment. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> Daddy doesn't think the way we do. That's not how Father works. Papa wants to use you now. Here's a part for you to play now. You are a part now. Yeah? The life change stuff happens on the journey. Not necessarily before. God can do an instantaneous miracle whenever he likes. But that's his choice, not ours. Yeah? So if we all stand. I'm really mindful of time. But I want to open up this time for prayer. Ollie, can we have the keys? I'm just trying to think of a song that you were playing before that I really liked that I can't think of now, so that's not going to help you. You choose something. No pressure. Try to get the one that I was thinking of, though. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, want, I want this to be a moment of impartation. Yeah? There needs to be a shift in some of our thinking to realise that we, not just in words, but in action indeed, that we truly are his hands and his feet extended. There needs to be an impartation to each and every one of us to know that, hey, you can hear the voice of God for those around you. It's really easy because when God gives you a name or a picture of someone's face and then straight after that, there's an encouraging, uplifting, comforting, strengthening word, you know it's from God. If it's really negative, one, it's either not from God or he's showing you something so you can pray into something. Not so you can share it. That's not how it works. Yeah? When someone comes up to you and says, does, you know what the issue is? God showed me the problem in your life is Blah, 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 blah. You know what you just need to do? Say, thanks very much. I'm, I'm, thank you for that. I'm not taking that on board right now. Because what that person should have done was breathed life into that situation in your life. Sometimes that comes with wisdom, yeah? But God is always comforting, always uplifting, always strengthening, always encouraging. And he wants you to step out in that. 
He wants you to hear from him for you and for those around you. He wants you to have the courage to lay hands and pray and believe for healing, even if you don't see the healing. Because what we experience doesn't change our theology. You have a part to play. He has good works for you to do. And if you're not doing them, then the body's not functioning the way it's supposed to function. And we're not building the church, the body of Christ. You want more people at Mount Clear? You want more believers in the churches around Ballarat? Then we need to step out and step up and let the road runner out of our life, yeah? Because otherwise it's going to die. So while they're playing, I'm going to open the altar for prayer. And if you want an impartation, I'm going to ask the particular people to come and pray. People that have got gifts on your life to pray for you, yeah? It might be for the gift of prayer. It might be for the gift of healing. It might be for a prophetic picture or word that you want to get. But come up and get prayer. Don't continue to live life calling yourself a Christian, but living as a churchgoer. Yeah? Is that all right? And maybe even if we have some music for a little while, you want to jump on the guitar? I might pull you off, though, the guitar. But... And can we have some words, Laurie? We're going to make it up as we go along. I understand if you totally need to go. It's quarter to 12 uh, and you've got kids and you've got a life and you've got a roast in the oven, I understand. But if you want an impartation of the Spirit in your life, if you want to step out and fulfill some of the scriptures that we looked at today, then, then don't waste the moment. Don't let it go by. Don't just say, that's for them, it's not for me. Each and every single one of you is a part and has a part to play in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Just start to pray. In your own hearts and lives, start to pray. And as we sing, I encourage you to worship, to join in. Amen. This is how we're going to do it, okay? This way there won't be any embarrassment. Just quickly, who would love, who would love to be able to lay hands on the sick and see them healed? Seriously, who would love that? All right, if that's you, I want you to come over here. If that's you, I want you to come over here. Now, Ben doesn't know this yet, but I'm going to ask Ben to pray because every time Ben prays, people get healed. In fact, it's really quite frustrating for me that when I'm praying for people, the people next to me are getting healed because he's praying. It's like that was supposed to happen through me. So Ben, I'm going to get you to pray for them and just impart to them. Who wants to be able to receive words of knowledge? Just as you're praying for people, you just know where they're at so you can breathe life into their life. Who's that? Is there anyone that wants that? If that's you, come, come up here. Zaylee, you get words of knowledge. I'm putting you on the spot. Can you come and let's impart to these people? Yeah? Who would love to get prophetic words? Like just not a word of knowledge with people. Who are, you guys, oh, you're double dipping. Okay. It's really hard because, you know, we've got such a big group and maybe we'll just put, put everyone together. But if you want to hear prophetic words, come forward. Jen, see, Jen, you're there to get, 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 a, get prayer so for the healing. But you can also impart what you've got because you've got a prophetic gift. Because we believe in the ministry of the body of the believers, yeah? It's not the governance of the body of believers. It's the ministry of the body of believers. So that we're all equipped to build the body the church yeah there's probably a thousand things that I've missed but if there's something that you want from God there are men and women who are legitimately gifted in that area so what we want to do is to equip you to impart to you so that we can build the body Dion you shouldn't be there you should be up here praying for people imparting what you've got if you're not in a group you want to be in a group get around Dion he's got stuff to impart amen so Ben even if you do it all together, I would do it all together because we're going to be here forever. Come closer. Come closer and just start touching the person. Well, that, let's rephrase that, yeah? Put your hand on the person next to you, yeah? Because an impartation will run. It'll jump. It'll fly. It'll jump onto If you want to know how to pray you, and you want to know God's heart, you've got to listen to Ross Morgan. What he can impart about the Father's heart, I'm telling you, he has ministered to me in, in, the, in the ute of his car. In the ute. That's a car. In that, the front seat of his ute is what I'm trying to say. But just start imparting. Just start praying. Just start believing. Thanks, I think go for it. However it pans out, however it works. Claude, you should be up here too. 
Come and pray. The ministry of the body of believers, you have a prophetic gift. Come and share. Everything we have is for those that are around us and beside us and in our lives. Every gift that God's given us is so that we can share it and impart it. And then those that are that are now have received can go out and do the same. And then we build the body that way. We build the church that way. Each and every one of us praying for those that are unwell. Each and every one of us receiving words of encouragement in life. Each and every one of us prophesying truth and destiny into each other. Oh, I wish Michelle Cartledge was here somewhere. She's got the gift of teaching. She could be imparting her teaching gift onto people. Amen. start to come out. Wait for the healings that are happening in the shopping centers or at work or your buddy that's just there sitting across the desk. I can't wait to hear the prophetic words that you're sharing over people's lives just when you bump into someone at the service station. Because this church is alive and it will be built through each and every one of us. The parts with a part to play. Father, we thank you, God. We thank you for all that you've done today. Lord, we lift up your name in this house and we give you all the glory and all the honor. Father, we say, Lord, that as we walk away, may your spirit begin to cultivate the very prayer that's been prayed over each and every person. Lord, may those gifts truly be imparted into each and every one of us. For your glory, Lord God, for your glory. I thank you, Lord, that you've set us apart. I thank you that we've been made righteous in you. I thank you for your son, Jesus. 
Lord, this day we glorify you. We lift up your name above any other name. You are the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Lord, we are your hands and your feet extended. We are your mouthpiece. Lord, we will pray for you and to you. Lord, we will lay hands for you and for others, God. We will share words of encouragement and life till we see life come into dead bones. Lord, this is your church. This is your house. Lord God, and we are your people. (laughs) And everybody said amen. While they're praying, please enjoy your Sunday. Get ready for the shift from glory to glory. Get ready for the move of strength to strength. Get ready for what God's going to do in you for those around you. Yeah, It's not about the pastors. It's not about the ministers, the popes and the bishops. It's about us all together playing our part in Jesus' name. Amen.